right, recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. A winter break edition, as always, joined by Josh and Jason. Yes, sir. Do you have a, a NHL player path for me this week? Because I missed the one last week. Oh, um, I do. Give me one second to pull it up. But bef- actually, it was from... I'll, I'll say, just coming off a Leafs win, big Leafs win, you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, December 28th. Leafs 5-4 overtime win against the St. Louis Blues. Fantastic game. We'll get into it very, very soon. Very exciting. Very exciting. Okay, ready? Yeah. Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis Blues, Washington Capitals, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Anaheim Ducks. Say it again, sorry. You. Avs, Blues. Blues. Caps, Rangers, Lightning, Ducks. Active player? Yes. It's Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah. A little bit easier because of the Ducks part. Honestly, when you listen to it on here, it's harder to hear the like teams. They get blended. When I was listening to the podcast back last week, it was like, oh, I know that quickly. Right but away. Mm. That's a good one. Though. Did you know that, Jason? I think I would have gotten there. I didn't get it off the top of my head, but it's hard. Yeah, it's hard because you have to like kind of think about all the teams and think about how. I like to work backwards. So it I would like be to tougher go. if I were to just give you the first three and say he's an active player. Yeah. yeah. Like he played on these first yeah. three teams, Avs, Blues, Caps. Because his career was kind of crazy. He was a top 15 pick or so. And then he was swapped for Eric Johnson in his first full season in the NHL. Like, when have we, when have we seen that? A first overall pick being swapped like that? That was, it's weird. That was kind of crazy. And then, you know what? Good for him. Ended up winning a Stanley Cup uh, with the Lightning there, playing on a very cheap deal, uh, that bubble win that they had there. So let's get into it. Today we're going to be talking about last two games, the next-gen Flyers game, a little afternoon game, uh, the St. Louis Blues game that just happened. Uh, look ahead, the, the Leafs are playing the Coyotes, the Avalanche on New Year's Eve, then the Blues once again on Tuesday, and then they never play the Blues for the rest of the season again. Um, the two defenders that are coming back for the Leafs, uh, the goalie regression that we're kind of seeing, top 10 Leafs goals of the year. We're going to be coming out with a video very soon with that. And then we're going to close it out with a little World Juniors talk. All right. Because we've been, been watching a good amount of that this yeah. year. It's been nice. It's been very competitive. What a tournament it's been so far. Only two real blowouts. It's Austria's looking a little bit behind. But, I mean, Latvia, a team that usually normally gets blown out, they're looking competitive to yeah. say the least. And Czech is the team the of the Czech tournament. Czech is so the team to beat. There is no clear cut, like, other than the Czechs. Maybe Sweden are the clear cut ones. Anyways, we'll get into that in a bit. Let's talk about this Blues game that just happened. I I don't know how else. Like, I, I feel the Leafs gave up four goals. So usually in a four goal against performance, you got to think, okay, like, what happened defensively? What defensive lapses occurred and such? I don't feel like the Leafs played bad defensively. I mean, at times, Samsonov had to get moving a little bit because the puck was zipping around. I mean, you got to give St. Louis credit. They have some really good playmakers and really good players on their offense there. But overall, I mean, in terms of overall chances, the Leafs didn't give up that that much, I felt like. I'm. Mean, what did you guys think defensively in this one? Well, I think... The expected goals battle, they only gave up, they gave out less than two expected goals at five on five. So I think to say that they, the team didn't give up a lot mm-hmm. at five on five, I think that's f- pretty fair to say and pretty. And overall, it was 2.71. Yeah. So uh, this is a team, the St. Louis Blues consistently have, for the past couple of years, have outperformed expected goals because they do have some good finishers. Mm-hmm. So 
maybe there's a little bit of that in there, but I don't know. Like when you look back on the goals, like may, okay, Justin Hole gave Ryan O'Reilly too much room and he ripped it on him. So hap- happens he's a he actually doesn't score that much, but has a pretty good shot, I would say. Um, there was the Justin Falk goal from the blue line that was let's just say stoppable. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one more in there that wasn't great. Which one am I think? I can't remember. Jordan Cairo won where he fell on his face, the first goal. Oh, the first goal where he just fell. That's true, too. And then the Jordan Cairo goal, it's a good shot, but... I watched the replay. He did, it honestly wasn't a good shot. He, like, chipped it into the top of the net because there was so much room. Ah. Like, and it wasn't Sam's, like a snipe, Oh, Samsonov lost the puck, yeah, though. Yeah. He lost it through the screen. So that's uh, overall a very tough game for Samsonov. It's just re- going through those goals. I mean, I stand up for the goalies when... There needs to be standing up for. I mean, that was kind of a tough game. He made a couple good saves. The one against the post there, uh, the tic tac toe play. He made a very nice save. Just dropped and luckily was able to squeeze it. But I mean, some of those goals just shouldn't really be going in. So I think defensively, I don't think that was really the issue. I think at times St. Louis did get a couple cycles, good strong cycles in on them because the Leafs had trouble breaking it out against them. There was uh, especially late. There was more than a few plays that you would like to get out of the zone but outside of that i thought this was a strong game from the leafs like when you look at a 5-4 game it's oh maybe a little bit messy on defense but i thought this was a strong game i'm not gonna lie yeah i agree and i think this is like the peak this would be the peak game for the the leafs to come out and kind of just dog it like it's after holiday it's after like the christmas break you know first game back i guess after extended break i just could be it's a prime spot for the leafs to just Feels like this a team, nice little yeah. welcome back to Leafs hockey, and they just put up a stinker yeah. on the road. Yeah, against a, a struggling a team that has struggled this year. I, I can see it. Yeah, I can and, see and, it. and a team that's also playing a lot lower than there. Yeah, than they should be. Like they just haven't been as good as they are this year. Yeah, but, and you know what? There's been a lot of compare. Like in terms of performance this year, especially record wise, there's been a lot of similarities to what last year was, and. You know what? Last year, I think Sportsnet put up the graphic. It was in December. The Leafs went four, two, and one, or something like that. And you know yeah. what? December they're six, two, and one now. Seven, two, and one now. Yep. Look at that. So on the up and up, baby. Let's keep going. What a game. Yeah. Yeah, they played really good. Also, they took the only thing is they took too many penalties. That kind of oh yeah. That kind of even the the tie the to this game. I would say if you're mm. like looking at the stats and stuff, like just. Remember, they took some honestly bad penalties. The yeah, it's the Christmas dinner How many? still in the body, oh, you know, <laughs> a little slow. What's that stuff in Turkey? Tryptophan. <laughs> uh, a little Seinfeld reference for you, but yeah, that too, way too many like just bad penalties when you look at it. Alex Kerfoot in the offensive zone. John Tavares, I believe that was in the offensive zone too. Uh, what are some of the other penalties? Justin yeah, Hall. Justin Hall. What did he do again? Cross-check the guy from behind. Oh, yeah, that's okay. But luckily, Alex Kerfoot scored a penalty kill goal, which helped us get yeah. it up, right? Yeah. They did. They did. Yeah. Five on four power play. How many? So seven. They were on the power play for 731. Mm. At least took four penalties, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Compared to the Blues only took two. Yeah. So the five-man power play looked pretty nice, though, tonight. I will say that. Got a couple yeah. good chances there. Is it going to go away when Riley comes back? I think so. It, it looks nice, but I think so. If we're going to go on a tangent here and talk about this, I think the right thing to do is to 
go back to Morgan Riley. I know that's going to sound crazy, Whoa. but who's the f- who is the player that's going to that replace Morgan Riley's replacing? Um, punting. Yeah. Right? Okay. And do we want him to feed power play points? Probably not. Right? Okay. Oh my god. Uh, you. That's not an original uh, take, though. Yeah, yeah, it's from Dom decision. I'll, yeah. I'll steal that happily, but. I think that's a good idea. That makes sense so to, in theory. To depreciate the value of Michael of Bunting's next contract, we the Leafs need him off of the top power play. Yeah, well, they didn't do that with Nikita, Nikita Zaitsev, so you got to learn from your lessons, right? Uh, makes sense. Sure. It actually makes sense. Sure. That's uh, playing the long game here. Didn't they do that? Didn't the Bruins do that with Charlie McAvoy? They put him on the power play after they yes. signed him to that big extension? Yes, yes, yes. Quite literally did. That's... Hilarious. So, or just smart. <laughs> but all right, maybe you're onto something there. That's kind of funny. But I, uh, in terms of this game, Cali Yarncroft, massive game, three points. Um, just kind of digging and mucking and grinding. I thought this one. I mean, like when you look at his points, like they were all just kind of good effort plays in front of the net, out, outwork the opponent. So he's exactly the guy I thought he was, honestly, which is good. Yeah, he's just like a. He's probably right. not going to severely outperform his contract or underperform his contract oh. this year or the next three years. Maybe in four years he will. But like, he'll give you like a $2 million forward production. Yeah. Especially if he's playing with Severus and Marner, like, he's going to put up some good points, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like. I feel like he'll get back to that, like, point every other game kind of level. I think he's at that right now. Probably. He's got five in his last three, yeah, seven, he's got 14 eight point, in his last four, yeah. seven. 14 in 28 games, seven goals. That's like exactly what you probably signed up for. Exactly. So, but yeah, he, he had a solid game. I thought Mitch Marner was dishing the puck exceptionally well. And when you watch that, that second goal where he makes the cut on Nick Letty, Nick Letty loses him a little bit. Marner's able to get that space. Nice little hook pass to Tavares. Tavares loses Pareko. To get that to get that space, curl and drag shot and bang in the back of the net. You like the word exceptional. Is that my new word? Yeah, I I was hearing it last podcast a good amount. So exceptional. Let, we should get a tracker on that. Uh, that okay. so I, I I was trying to stay away from the word interesting. And <laughs> there's the and human it's gone, brain. It's gone to there's the human brain for for you. I, I feel like I've cut back on the word interesting. Exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the new one. Oh, God. <laughs> now I'm going to be tripping up. Now you're not going to say it. Now you won't, you won't say it. Uh, I'm going to fumble every other word not to say it, but we'll see. Anywho. I agree, uh, though. Really good game. Very good game from the Leafs. Uh, on all fronts, I mean, we got some depth. We've been complaining depth scoring, depth scoring, depth scoring. Got some depth scoring this yep. game. Is it sustainable? Uh, like, is it going to happen in the playoffs? I mean, when you're playing the Islanders and not the St. Louis Blues. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, I feel like with Kerfoot, Engvall, Kampf, with that line to be for them to be able to score. Like Kampf, I, th- I think like we, we saw a couple goals from him against Tampa where he's able to cause that disruption at the blue line and go on a break the other way or just score like a shitty kind of goal where it's pucks, errant puck, and then bang in the back of the net. With Engvall and Kerfoot, I feel like they they thrive off of space. When you give them a, because they're fast players and they're not that skilled and they don't have that scoring touch, they need that extra little bit of space to be, be able to produce offense. And when you look at the last two playoffs, Montreal, Kerfoot played well against Montreal, but Tampa Bay, 
They didn't get that neutral zone space. They didn't get that offensive zone space to be able to thrive. They weren't able to muck and grind like how Callie Arncroft was doing tonight. And they weren't able to produce anything, I feel like. So, yeah, it looks nice in the regular season against lower-level competition, but is it replicable in the playoffs, do you think? Or am probably I just not. making something no, up? Probably not. I think that brings up your, your trade deadline need right there. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Those was guys are tra- those guys are going to like help you steady along during the season, but I think yeah. everyone, including the people in the organization, are going to look to add some other elements to the forward group for sure. They, yeah. I really, really hope so. Fingers crossed. But was like, there? I, I honestly really think. Sorry to interrupt. I think, like we said, I think Pontus Holmberg can probably play and give you a similar impact to Engvall. Not in the same way. They're not the same player, but like Engvall out him in is like the most marginal difference yeah, I don't yeah. Think it's, he's a good player yeah <laughs> he's looking I, better and better yeah nice assist tonight nice little uh what was it engval entry he cut he took the puck to the net right? yeah. he found some space took the puck to the net and then they were able to finish it that was a great little play by him there he's really like i don't even think about oh are we taking out holmberg in the lineup now yeah. it's he's, to me, he's, he's earned his spot he's in the top Absolutely. 12 uh top, top 12. 12 yeah Mm-hmm. I think he's been playing really nicely. For so sure. That's and been awesome. It's also nice because we haven't really had that center flexibility in the past. It's usually been like Spets, I guess, on that line or Yeah, and or it, to that Angval or it, it has been Spezza on that line, but I mean last year at points Blackwell. you had to take Spezza out because yeah. the speed wasn't quite there. The defensive because of the speed wasn't there, the defensive ability wasn't quite there. Because he's a shooter, like the shooting would dry up and then it's like ah you're kind of, you know, you get stuck out there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I watched back every single goal from 2022 with the Leafs. And, I mean, Jason Spezza in that six on five came up clutch a couple times. For sure. And, like, almost the point being, if you do trade for a guy and you have to move contracts out, like, you shouldn't feel worried about moving Engvall out and just, like, putting Holmberg in a spot if you have to. Exactly. Exactly. So, was there a future Leaf on the playing against them tonight do you think i have no idea i really hope so i have no i like i have no read on who they are interested in cam charon seems to think they're interested in much smaller fish than we're interested in mm. uh well based off last year chances are we're probably going to be interested in smaller fish than bigger fish why what, what do you mean based well off because last year? last year we didn't really go after a big fish last year we also March didn't Giordano. have well last year we also didn't have seven million dollars of currently unused ltir space are you sure yeah, I'm sure. I think we have a good amount of space. Thought, I thought we had a bunch of LTIR space. No, we didn't. We no, we didn't remember. to use it. Okay. No, I'm serious. We did. Like, no, we didn't. It was Jake Muzzin, right? Yeah. And, they and then brought he him came back, back. For so three was... games. I mean, like, realistically. Yeah. Like, but it was, a, but it was their Giordano intention was, was to always fish. bring him back. Yeah. I honestly don't think Giordano was a big fish. I think really? he was a medium to slightly big fish. Yeah. What? He's been playing so well. Oh, he's a big fish for us now. He's... He's fantastic, but in terms of currency at the deadline, he's yes. not a big fish. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, he went for two seconds. He so. went for less than Nick Foligno. Yeah, that's true. A lot, a lot less. Mark Giordano's great, but he was not a like a superstar at yeah. the deadline last year. Yeah. He also, I don't even know if he was really available other than to, than to Toronto. Really, at the end of the day, who knows? Well, it was. Yeah, they just went to him and said, "Like, where do you want to go?" Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like you go and you're given a first a prospect, a roster player, and getting. The Giroux of your year. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And there's like four Giroux's like we talked about this year. You have Kane, Kane. O'Reilly, Horvat, Ter- yeah. Teresenko. Taves, like Teresenko potentially, yeah. 
Well, I'm it's, just looking at guys on yeah. UFA deals. Yeah, but. and it, it is interesting to see like what are the Blues going to do moving forward because they have some other decent pieces. Like Pareko's still under contract. Robert Thomas is coming into his new deal. Jordan Cairo's coming into his new deal. Yep. Buchnevich still has years left on his contract. Like they made the playoffs last year. They made the second round last year. How how much has the team changed really? I don't. I could be talking out of my ass here. Other than outside of Villeuso, uh, not really much. Not really. Tory Krug injury. I mean, yeah, he's still. It's in. the same uh, team. Yeah. So maybe who oh, knows? No, they, they lost do? David Perron. That's David Perron. That's the big. One. Okay. Loss. Yeah, they were. So that's a big one. No Tory Krug this year. Some minor other issue, uh, injuries, but. Yeah, it's cra- crazy to think that they left Tarasenko unprotected during the expansion draft. But like, always... we all thought his shoulder was done. We yeah. thought the doctors looked at the charts and said, nope. I wonder if that was like some finagling. But anyways, oh. who knows? It's always a conspiracy. Well, you never know. It's just, you could be right, though. If I'm not mistaken, he didn't really play the previous two years, though. Like, it wasn't a conspiracy. He was in and out. He was his per- his performance was down, and then all of a sudden, it was it was... Pretty much the meme. It was like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance, not for but me. not for yeah. me. Fully, I mean, really. Now he's been great all of yeah. a sudden. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what <laughs> what the Blues do at the deadline. There, yeah, it's can, it's all Blues. It's blues. It'll be interesting because they're not rebuilding. The Canucks. We'll see what they do because they're not really rebuilding either. I, I don't, don't know about think. That. You don't think the Canucks. I think they are rebuilding. They yeah. said they're not. That's they're why like, I'm think, saying. They're I think not. they're almost forced into it now. They're like in purgatory. If you lose they're Bo like, Horvat off that team, who's your number two center? You're playing JT Miller full time number two center. Okay, there you go. So they, Even if they uh, keep Bo Horvat. That team's flawed. Yeah, for, so it doesn't absolutely. Matter. But now I'm saying like they can't even flirt with the idea of trying to be good when you take away basically their second best player this year. Mm-hmm. So I, to I, me, I I keep thinking it. It just makes so much sense. Bo Horvat to Carolina. That is just their Jeez. number one biggest need. And then you'd have to send to move money, I guess maybe Kakanyemi goes the other way. I don't know how much they value him, but like to make money work, that's what you would have to do kind of thing, right? And then extend Bo Horvat, and then Carolina's all in from there on out kind of thing, right? I hope they don't do that. I, I don't either. I don't, I'm not a hurricane. This is not a Hurricanes podcast, yeah. <laughs> but it just made sense to me, right? As, so, yeah, I, I could That's that. a good... Good little dart you got there. I like that. There we go. I do think I, I think they're going to consider like uh, Pacioretty as their big deadline move. Because mm-hmm. as you said, okay. they're, I'm pretty sure they're pushed right up against the cap they could, when he probably. comes back. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look into it. But yeah, that would make sense. But that fit is like a seamless fit, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Because right now it's Paul Stas. Because Aho was injured. I don't know if he's back now. But it was Paul Stasny playing first Let's line see. center. Yeah. Like... You know. He was their fourth line center. They kind of just did a little. Yeah. Because they keep stalling the third line and then yada, yada. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, we got on a little. Probably going to go on a few more deadline tangents. Is it creeps up, creeps up, creeps up, and then bang. You never, like, next thing you know, it's there. It's a right? good team, Caroline. It's a good team. Yeah, they're, they're really very good team. Kachikov's on fire. I know. So, yeah. To get into the Flyers game, 2 p.m., did you guys watch that? At I did. I missed a afternoon. little bit of the game. I did. I Don't tell my boss. But <laughs> but I watched. I watched a good amount of it. That was it. I did. I didn't wink, wink. <laughs> but I I caught the highlights after wink, wink. Um, that was, I don't know. It was a fun one simply because 
Well, actually, it was a fun game. And then the third period, I, I think the Leafs had their bags packed and they were ready to go to winter break. But the game wasn't over yet. They almost blew that one, which is the craziest thing ever because I believe the expected goals battle was 67% in favor of the Leafs. Yeah, 67, they- 70%. <laughs> they they that game I didn't think that game was close other than that one minute stretch where they let the Flyers score two goals. They let them score two and then on top of that Joel Fair uh sorry, Konechny, I don't know who he got it. Maybe it was Faraby on that one where Samsonov made a big save and then Faraby missed a wide open net. Yeah. Literally. And then they were pressing and pressing and pressing and Faraby took a penalty there like I don't <laughs> It's just the the most lopsided game turned out to be 4-3 for the Leafs. Right? Like Weird, weird, weird one, but but those yeah. two PMs are always going to be weird. One hundred percent. Yeah, but it was a fun game. I, I wish it was at seven. It was weird being at two. No, I should more at two. We're two and zero. Oh. Oh, two and zero oh at two PM now. I'm not. I'm not a two PM guy. <laughs> well, no, you normal people work at that time. Correct. There's <laughs> no, no, none of that. Right. So, yeah, there was two very fun games. I would say so far, the Leafs are really like. It was a fan base going into the year where it's who cares about the regular season? Who cares? It's all going to come down to April. And the pessimists were saying it's going to come like they're going to, and then they're going to be golfing after seven games in April, blah, blah, blah. But so far, I mean, the the Leafs are on a stretch where they're either thumping teams or making the games very interesting to watch. The little slip they had in the start of the year was actually good for like the long-term enjoyment of the season because like, them being bad gave them to something to work out of. Like it was like, Oh, they're terrible again. They're not good. We're like, Oh, they might not make the playoffs at this rate, blah, blah, blah. And then they just go and win, like get a point in like 20 straight games. Set a set a franchise Correct. record. Mitch Marner sets a franchise record. And it got fun again. Just casual flip, flip the lines a little bit too. And now which... you're already almost in January all-star game trade deadline. It's mm. before you know it, it'll be first round. <laughs> And we'll be right back to where we started. It's honestly purgatory. The regular season feels like purgatory. We just said it feels good, and now you're and like, no, but like, I don't know. well, no, it feels like the it's going through the same motions as last year. So that that's why. Yeah, the, like their record month by month, as we talked. That was about scary. Like when they similar. put that up, I was like, oh my god. PTSD. Well, I mean, I ho- hopefully it's not the same as last year because at this time last year is when the wheels it became to a kerfuffle. A yeah. Well, because Marner was hurt, right? And. Uh, well, he was. There was a shutdown. Marner was hurt oh, for a bit for the first couple COVID. games when they came back. Oh, he, he got COVID. COVID. And then Campbell got hurt. And then Mrazek came in. And then Mrazek got bench hurt. Mrazek <laughs> I, for that's all blocked from my memory. All that garbage. I had to watch. I, I, going through every single goal, I had to relive all of it. Like, I posted the first goal of the year. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I totally forgot that the first goal of, the, of 2022. The oh, no, 2020. it <laughs> was Camp. To Justin Hole, <clears throat> first goal of the twenty one twenty two season was Engvall in the power play. Yeah. First goal of twenty twenty two was Camp to Hole on an empty rink, and it was an empty rink. Yeah. And someone's like, "Oh man, the that bubble area era seems so long ago." And I think they're from England. I'm like, "No, this no, is this is like twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, wow. And then the the Ducks game was bubbled as well. Like, and then I had to relive the Tampa series. That was lots of fun, but. Yeah, like just a the Tampa crazy. series relive is tough because you get to Tavares scoring in game six and they go up three two and then they celebrate and then you don't see another goal until they're down two nothing in game seven and then that's the last goal. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. 
The worst is the call from Dave Randorf. Who's just so surprised? He's like, wow, just like that, three, two. Yeah, and he was so hyped, and then, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Anyways, not to, not exceptional to make, loss. <laughs> not to absolutely ruin your morning, but um, let's get into a little defense defenseman coming back. So at this point, any other points you had on the game started to gloss no, over? No, it was all fun. Not too fun much. Games, lots yeah. of lots of fun. Oh, before we close out. We saw another David Camp and two defensemen to start overtime. Is this is this the go to now? The, yeah, until they lose, yeah, hundred percent. It's the new NHL three on three meta. That was. <laughs> I honestly can't even think of a way to rationalize why it would work. Like, if you were to like explain to someone why it works, like, I'm not saying it does because they won two over, like they won two games. With I it. feel like this is like taking an eight sided di- eight sided dice and say, ah, it's going to be two for sure, and rolling two twos in a row, <laughs> and then being like, I see, know. like I'm a I'm genius, psychic, yeah, I'm psychic kind of thing. But it did work last time they drew the penalty. This time the least lost possession of the puck. The that that line camp Lilgren Brody got stuck out there for a little while, but. In the end, Austin Matthews was able to make a change with Camp, and they were able to spring TJ Brody on a breakaway, and he drew a penalty shot. I mean, like, even though you knew TJ Brody, who's not very offensively inclined for a defenseman, that was so exciting to see. It was just nuts. It just yeah. felt felt like it fit the rest of the mold of this game. And huh. then the penalty shot was obviously wildly disappointing. But yeah. honestly, he had a good like little he has like a pretty mm. decent move for a defenseman. Good for TJ Brody, oh, but I think the, you might be the only one who thinks that. Uh, well, he a, should have just walked in and took a slap shot. Sure. Uh but small rule change if I was the he head He doesn't of have the end. facilities for that. Yeah, fair. No facilities that big little, man. You would change to you can pick a penalty yeah. shot or a penalty. Yeah, on a penalty shot. If something's a penalty shot, it should be like do you want the 2 minutes or do you want a penalty shot? It would be beneficial. I mean, the Leafs have gotten three penalty shots this year. and I, Two from Alex Kerfoot, one from TJ Brody. How many do we score? Zero. They no haven't even come way. close. I, I would can't take, believe that. I would, they haven't z- zero goals. They haven't even come close. The goalie hasn't bit on one of the moves yet. Unless I'm missing one. They like God, The two right. Alex Kerfoots were terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But Shocking. one of them led to them losing. <laughs> can't believe that. In the Anaheim game there, if you remember that. Yeah. But, but good thing William Nylander made his own little... Shootout yeah, goal. Oh shootout goal. And <laughs> I was ready to like have that. So we're putting together a top 10 Leafs highlight real goals of the year. I was ready to have that ready before this game and post it. William Nylander has started a discussion. That goal was nasty. Insane. Freezes, freezes Jordan Bennington, puts a backhand shelf on him. Not only that. In the game, and strips... Tarasenko, Strip, yeah. Tarasenko turns on the Jets. Turns on the Jets. Like, he went fast there. It was crazy how quickly, like, he jumped through the neutral zone. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Beautiful then, finish. Bang. Nice little fake to the backhand. He's done that twice now. One on Jonathan Quick, if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, let's close out those games, and let's get into the two defensemen coming back. Sheldon Keefe has said that Morgan Riley and Rasmus Sandin are progressing well and can now be considered day to day they're on the road trip with them so they could technically play i think after next game i think it's the when sandine is eligible because he's only missed two and he was on ir you have to miss a minimum of three and morgan riley i mean if they're saying day to day i'm probably not going to play next game and play new year's eve 
if that if I were a betting man, am I right? Yeah, hard to tell, but probably. So, currently, right now, the Leafs have Giordano, Hole, um, G- uh, Jordy Ben, and Timothy Lilligan, Timothy Logan, Connor Timmins, and then Connor Timmins and TJ Brody. Yes. Who comes out? I think number one, Jordy Ben comes out. Yes. That's an easy. And so now, That's do five. they take so. out Connor Timmins and play Rasmus Sandin so, on his offside? Yeah, that's that's the tricky part here because we have the, we're back to where we started, started from, from, which is funny because love is good. Yeah, <laughs> time out. Why would we have to play Sandin on his right side? Well, because t- Justin Hall, Timothy Lilligan, Connor Timmins, and TJ Brody will, are all right shot defense. Like, all play on the right side, right? So, so if you take, okay, go ahead. So, so that's four you just named. Yeah. So then Sandy would play on the left side. Who would play on the right? Who come? Oh who yeah, you're right. Paul, Brody, Lilligren yeah, on the okay. right side. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then so the left side, left side, Sandy, Giordano, Riley. So Timmins is coming out. Yes, but I'm just. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you're flipping you're flipping Brody from left side to there's, right side right now. There's no situation okay. where Sandin right yeah. now would have to play on the okay, right no, side. Okay, no, no, sorry. I was I was mistaken so there. But the, the only thing is though you're forgetting that before Morgan Riley got hurt, TJ Brody, I don't know if it was a, as a result of the way the defense was playing, but TJ Brody was playing on the left side off of yeah, Riley's they, wing. Or off it was of because Sandin wasn't side. playing and then sure. Lilgram wasn't in and they had some injuries they were dealing with. That's why. The, um, the only reason why I bring that up, though, is because I like them separated. I like them. Brody, Brody and Riley? Riley separated. So what would the lines be? Yeah. Just real quick. I, well, what would, oh, what would my lines be? It would probably uh, have to be then Logan Riley. Yeah. And Brody, Giordano. Bro- Brody Hall and then Giordano, Timmons, Slash, Sandin, whoever plays. Yeah. You, I, think, I think you just keep it simple. Just put Riley with Brody and keep the other two pairings the same. Okay. Pretty well. And then Giordano Hole. Yeah. Logan Sandin. And I think they would like that. Timmons not playing. I'm just I'm disappointed in that. I mean he's Who's he's coming out? Go like, ahead right now. I know that's the thing. We got too many D now. Let's go. Tell me who's coming out. The, I don't well, have anyone. That's well, the thing. He, I I obviously right now in term if I were to rank the Leafs D, unfortunately Timmons is coming out, but I've he's played so well. So if he were to stay in, who would come out? If he were to stay in, who would come out? Um, well, I mean, they're playing Justin Hall 25 minutes a game. That's the thing. Like, just on the pecking order. I think you, I would. You guys are dancing around the question. What I would, what I, it would be Justin Hall. You would take Justin Hall out? I don't know. Who was the other one? Sandino would be the guy. Yeah. it's probably, Sandino would be sitting? Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could see it. Yeah. The, hmm. I think what they should I was thinking, do, oh, he's he's out. He has, he's eligible to come back to the lineup. I mean, if I were I've the, been dancing around, who's been better, Timmons or Sandine? I feel like we should be. What's your answer? I think Sandine's better. Okay. I think Timmons looks like he could be a good player eventually. I think Steady. it looks like a replacement with, for Hall, but I, I think if you have any interest in again having Sandine as a long-term player on your team, he's got to be the guy to play. And if he's not, you trade him this year. It's a, kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. They're not going to do either, probably. So I, I wonder if we see him a, a, a move here at this point because like. We have so many defensemen that are like NHL or NHL defensemen, mm-hmm. right? Like even just Jordy Ben. I know that he probably he would probably get sent down on waivers in this scenario, but I wonder if the Leafs are 
content with the amount of depth that they have, they're willing to move a piece like Hall like early on before the deadline. I wonder if that's Make a, a hockey trade. Yeah. I wonder if that's an avenue that they might take. Um, because obviously if I was them, I'd push that off for as long as possible. I'd let these, I'd let Morgan Riley come to peak health, let him take as much time as he has. Same with, uh, Rasmus Sandin, but if they're day to day and they're going to be coming back soon, like, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't see them trading Justin Hall. I mean, just yeah. looking at tonight, who of led course. the Leafs in five on five ice time? It's Justin just Hall for sure not trading Justin. Yeah, Hall. Just, so. Justin Hall by almost a full two minutes over Mark Giordano. But like penalty, he's a penalty. He's their penalty kill stalwart. Like Brody had more minutes though. I thought or five on five. You're saying five on five. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. To so. to to answer that question though of what I would do though if I were in the Leafs shoes, I would try and like manage. I would let Giordano sit a game, let Brody sit a game, let Hall like try and like let give all these guys games off because like for yeah, but they don't like that. Yeah, if they don't like that, then that's not a good solution. But if they don't mind it, like that's the thing that could be a good idea. Yeah, even just like giving Justin Hall a rest or TJ Brody a rest, like I don't think that that's too detrimental. Low load can, management. Yeah. Like, it's just I don't know how the players will, will respond to that. That's the thing. It's the the only problem is the alternative is that you're now hurting the confidence like of like a your mandatory young guys. vacation. Yeah, like. <laughs> but also, like, what's funny. wrong with just carrying eight D and thirteen forwards? Send down Joey but Anderson. That's not that's not a problem. We can do that. Yeah, let's just do that. Then. Okay, but then but the problem is who plays. You can't. Yeah, that's you can't fine. Dress I'm D. just saying. I don't think I think teams like having that much depth. Yeah on defense for but sure who did we trade for like two deadlines go ben harper or whatever the guy's yeah. name was yeah ben harper was it? yes What's a, i keep getting these two guys confused every time we i bring this guy up it was ben harper wasn't it no ben harper was played like five games or whatever and then was sent down we traded for him at the deadline you traded four yeah oh um the kid from la he was on la he was on anaheim he was on Van- Ben Hutton. Ben, ben Hutton. Hutton. That's who it was. Some for ins- some insurance. That was also COVID though. So it was like yeah. maybe that's why. So your your proposed solution is, conf- like you're saying, carry all eight D yeah, and try now. to try to make it work. Try yeah. to fit one in. Yeah. Here and there. But, I suppose. I yeah. mean, I, remember, I just remember the first day of the season. We're like, oh, what's going to happen when everyone comes back healthy? And it's never been an issue because no one's ever been completely healthy. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, so keep it for an, a little insurance there. That could work. Like I, I wouldn't mean, I wouldn't be trading like Jordy Ben for or putting him on waivers right now. I think he's probably got a little valuable. bit of value to the Leafs right now. And he'd be claimed. I, feel I would like. think I think he would also be claimed because he's 100%. making a minimum contract. Minimum contract and he's playing. He's playing yeah. all right. He's doing his thing out there, depth defenseman. So if Jordy Ben was on let's say Montreal again. This year, making 750K, playing on their third pair, being rough and tumble, someone would trade for him. Mm, that is a good point, too. Um, I mean, like, Vancouver could use a guy like him. <laughs> just want to trade all our D to Vancouver, right? No. <laughs> he used to play on Vancouver, too. So that's kind of funny. But, I mean, okay, so I think we're kind of in agreement, though. Once they all come back, there are no roster moves that you make. Yeah. You stick with what you have. And you keep them as insurance. And then in terms of playing time, you just kind of feel it out. Yeah. And Timmons sits out for now. Someone has a rough game. He can go back in. Like, That's a good point. Fair enough. Kind of keep everyone a little internal competition he, too. 
Yeah. It doesn't hurt. That could that could work. He should okay. be the first to sit though, just because based off of seniority. Pecking yeah. order. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And also pecking order, yeah. He's been good though. I I, I really like I would really not want him on waivers or to trade him right but now. They don't, they don't need to. So I think, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think there is value in Connor Timmons. I feel like the shocking thing is that how is that guy not making Arizona's because, top six uh, defenseman? Because they managed him horribly. But even managed him, like you just not watch him. Like who does Arizona have that's keeping him? They, they, play, only him, they were playing him year. on the left side. That I I in agree. the NHL they played I'm, him on the left I'm side. Trying to figure His conditioning out why. stint, they also played him on the left side. It was absurd. I have no idea what the hell they were doing down there. And now they have Josh Brown yeah, playing second guy, line. That guy sucks, and he's 29. <laughs> and Connor Timmons is how old? 24. Yeah, like, and he's significantly yeah, a better player. 24. So Much I, better. I don't. And he's exactly more of what they need kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what they were doing. Like, like, why are you playing Troy Stetcher and Patrick Nemeth over this guy? I, I'm sorry. It makes no sense. You took ass. You took assets to take on Patrick Nemeth, one of the worst playoff players I've ever seen in my life. That's but. just confusing. That seems like a guy who you want to give. Like, oh, our team sucks. Like, this guy had some value in a trade we made a year ago for our starting goalie, and now we're just going to cast him aside. Yeah, they want Mason Marchman two point That's funny. That's a good point that they're playing Patrick Nemeth. They literally took on a third and a second for him. Yeah, he stunk. <laughs> horrible for New York. Horrible. So, Connor Timmons, that was a little diamond in the rough. Another another gem from another Sault Ste. Marie gem from Arizona. Oh, is that the is that the development path now? Let them rot in Arizona a little. Let them let them sit in the sun a little bit in Arizona, and then you bring them back to Toronto. You got some fine wine. Not bad. Why not? What an idea. But anyways, okay. So summarize that for the D. Internal competition, not never a bad thing. Keep all 8D, I mean, and use them as insurance because you never know what's going to happen. But not looking too far in the future here, but also doing it anyways. Yeah. There is a inflection point coming with the defense core that you have with the Toronto Maple Leafs, no? What so you you're mean? talking like further than this in the season. Offseason. Yeah, in the offseason. Well, absolutely. Well, we only have one, two, three... Four defensemen signed. One of them is Jake's. Mu- Jake. Mu- oh no, never mind. Morgan Riley. What am I doing? I can't count. Never mind. Disregard what I said there. Timothy Lilgren's under contract yes. for next year. Connor Timmons is under team control. He's an RFA. He's an RFA. Yes. I believe it's just Lazarus Justin. Hall. It's just Justin Hall. Also, it's right. Justin. Just Justin Hall. Mark Giordano. Eight hundred K. So all these guys I hiding on the- injured reserve are just yeah throwing me off there. Yeah, but yeah. So, so wait, what's your what's the inflection point? I don't know. What do you do with the Leafs? Looking way too far ahead, what do you do with the Leafs roster? Because our friend Luca last night was telling us he's a relatively smart guy. He thinks Sandine is going to end up being the odd man out. He said, this is what he said, his foot speed overall is going to be a limiting factor, and he thinks that his upside is possibly capped. If you already have a Morgan Riley, you don't need a Sandine, and he would be the guy to be traded, which is not the craziest thing I've ever heard. Nope. Far from it. I think that probably... If the Leafs decide that Morgan Riley's a integral part of their core, that probably is a trade that's going to be made. Yeah, I think they've already made that decision, though. Not, not in the sense why that he's a part. Well, I mean, you don't sign a guy to a eight-year, seven and a half million dollar deal if you don't it, believe he's okay. a part, an integral part of your core. Well, what has the last twenty games showed you? Could you possibly change your opinion based off a sample? Yeah, for sure. But do you think this this management group is the type of 
the type the type of people who would change their opinion based off twenty games? No, uh, no but I also think that they wouldn't throw out the actually. Of yeah, course. I mean, remember when they they tried to run with uh, Michael Hutchinson as their backup? They changed their opinion pretty quick. But that, yeah, yeah, fair. It enough. also has nothing to do with how the Leafs are doing. It's like with the players that are playing well in the twenty game stretch, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not talking about like I. I I think we'll get another situation like this past off season. I think they keep Sandine next year, let him play out 1.4 million kind of thing. If injuries happen, they happen and then kind of see what they have. I think you're reassessing not for next off season. I think I'm, I'm pushing your question. I'm taking your question and pushing it to a, the Taking next the off season. But then why? Kind of why? Like you're, then, that's your last year. You for sure have Matthews and Nylander on the team. Why would you, why wouldn't you capitalize that summer and add a piece that's actually going to play? But how much is he going to fetch? I don't know. That's probably why he didn't get traded this summer, to be honest. So I think in terms of, like, before we talk out of our ass kind of thing, I think we got to look at players of a similar age and what they were able to, what you were able to get for them. But I would even just have him as a piece in a trade for an impact player up front. So have something else. Yeah, sure. Okay. And it would be up front, someone obviously with term or under team control. Is Nils Lundqvist trade? Is that comparable at yes, all? Yes, we talked about it in the in the in the off season. We did, off-season. yeah. So you fetched a first and a fourth. How's he doing this year? I think he's pretty good. He is Shocker. ten points, thirty two games. I can't tell you anything other than that. Oh. He plays on Dallas's play. third pair, but I think they're pretty happy with him from what I've seen. Oh, that's good. But yeah, that's Shoot. a very comparable. They're picked like right beside each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Niels I mean, Lundqvist had significantly less production. That's why. Do you not remember I proposed less, that they should trade Sandine for a first based off that trade? Yeah. Yeah, but you also said that less we would NHL be able to get games, a first less NHL, yeah. yeah, I correct. I think they would have traded him if they could have got a first for him. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of funny, though. 10 points in 32 games. And then what is Rasmus Sandin at? I believe 13 points. 14, 14 points, points in 33, 33 games. games. Yeah. So. Hmm. Pretty close. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's. Uh, See. Huh. The only thing that I, I'd be hesitant about trading him is that he, I feel like he does have a little grit factor to him, which I do yeah, enjoy. Yeah, and like, really like of all the D, like it's weird to say because he's like, I think he's the shortest of our D core, maybe he's like the second smallest. shortest. He's the, definitely the, he's one of the smallest. He has 74 hits. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's the most sandpaper E E player to. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him. I agree. I, I, I think I wouldn't take him out of the lineup for Connor Timmons. Like so I would, I would keep playing him. If you were to trade a defenseman right now, the, of the six, well, of I mean, our con- best six. contracts aside, yes. Well, yeah, I guess contracts aside. I don't well, know. it have to be because. Well, Morgan Riley has a no move deal, so that's not the yet. thing. Yeah, yeah he, he does. does. Kicked in this year. Kicked in this year. That's why I was so for eight let's years. Trade him before. Starting on July first, players submits. A ten team no trade moves, hmm. but yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe, let me let me rephrase that question. If you'd rather, would you rather trade Timothy Lilligren or Rasmus Sandin? Rasmus Sandin, yeah, really. I, yeah. I think Lilligren's been a really steady steady presence. I've really liked interesting from him this year. So, yeah, good two way, yeah. top four guy now. Like to me, you don't need that guy to kind of carry him he can play top four minutes and just be i think he'll end up being like a tj brody replacement when tj brody's done playing like Rasmus, almost the yeah. exact not as good as Rasmus sanderson but like that kind of style or i think anderson's got better yeah better offensively that, i think he's more of an offensive guy yeah but defensively I, I, I really like 
Timothy Logan. We got a nice little player there, Frick. Yeah, we do. Took seven years, <laughs> feels like. Yeah, it, it legitimately. It seven took years. it took a Strapped long time in our 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 system, and you know, at times it was like, Frick, if you're not going to play him, trade him. But you know what? The fruits of our labors. One more question: If you can get more for Lilligren than Sandin. Like would how you much more? Yeah. yeah, what's the more? Well, how how much? Okay, like, let's say you get a first and a fourth for Santa. How much more would you need to trade Lilligren? First and a fourth. Yeah, like a lot more. I would probably say. Okay. What would it be? What would it be? I don't think you get a first and a fourth for Santa. Just like I said, this offseason. Yeah, I know, but if we're basing it yeah. off comparables, right? I, like that's I would take the first and the fourth. Okay, let's just say you, okay, you get a first for Rasmus Sandin. What would you need to move to trade Lilligren instead of Sandin? A first and a second, two firsts. Yeah, I, I just really honestly wouldn't trade them. Okay, fair enough. That's a fair answer. Currently, I'm in the mood of uh, F the picks, like the Rams. Yeah. Just, we need a win now. We'll see if they share that same idea. Not this year. This year, ooh. 2023, what a hot draft, <laughs> I got to say. Uh, okay, let's move on from – I think we got every, we've covered everything with the mm-hmm. defense there. Yeah. Um, talking about the goalie regression a little bit – uh, it's happening. And I mean, we all kind of knew it was coming. I mean, nobody was predicting Ilya Samsonov to have a 930 for the rest of the year. Right now he's at a 924. He dipped a little bit because his last two starts, his save percentage has been 821 and 842. And that was really nice because the three starts before that were shutout, shutout, and 23 on 24. Albeit it was the three... California teams, and we all know how good they are. But I like, in my opinion, in this one, like he looked nervous out there. It felt like a nervous performance out there. Like he was kind of he got swimming at times more than a few times, way more than you would like to. I mean, the Philly game, you can kind of give him the the pass where it's like, or the Washington game to start. It was a uh, former team I was very nervous Philadelphia he didn't have much action until the last period he had like eight shots on goal and then you know gave up those two which were not the greatest of goal one of them was not the greatest of goals you'd really like to have that one back and then tonight just again another very nervous performance hopefully you know he they're going to give Murray the Arizona start Colorado still has is dealing with some injuries so hopefully that's an easier assignment for him to help him get back on track. But the thing is, you have to remember, like, Murray and Samson aren't going to carry a 930 throughout the rest of the year. No, um, they're not. And the Leafs' current 5-on-5 five five save percentage is 937. League average is 920. So that's it's going to end up probably around league, league average. So like you said, give or take. The good thing is that it's coinciding with the Leafs playing a lot better, I think. Yes. I yes. think there was a lot of games during that win where we talked about, like, Hey, like it's all fun and they're finishing their chances, but the team really didn't play that good. The last, I would say, seven or eight games, the team is playing very, very well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think, as long as those two things go hand in hand, I think you'll be okay. Like so, you said, you, what was our expected goals against? One point seven, two point seven, five point five, two two point seven. All situations, two we seven, can keep yeah. that two to two point five. All situations, yeah, I think you're gonna be okay. Yeah, and I mean. We're not running. I mean, now you've got also some scoring depth as well. Or sorry, scoring consistency in the top six. I don't know why I said scoring depth. You've got some more consistency in the top six, whereas last year it was 
Nylander Tavares ran very hot and cold at five on, especially at five on five. So I think that will help to kind of sustain it. I mean, yeah, Murray and Samsonov, I think by the end of the year, they're going to be hovering around hopefully 950, 918 kind of thing. So it's not too, too far off from where they are now, but I wouldn't be expecting, you know, back-to-back shutouts, 40 save performance, 45 or whatever it was save performances on against Dallas. You know, those are going to kind of cool off a little bit, and we're going to get more of those, you know, 27 saves on 30 shots. Which is fine. Be, they've yeah. played out of their mind so far. So yeah, they yeah they yeah they've done way better than expected so far, and you know what? It'll be a little. It'll feel a little more average. If it goes like last year, this is right around the time Jack Campbell started playing poorly. Yeah, I I wouldn't expect them to go that bad. If if it gets to that bad, it's like okay, the we need a little, we need an upswing. Though. Yeah. That's good too. Has has either of them in your eyes? I feel like maybe this is unfair to Samsonov because he hasn't played well for the last couple, like the last three games. Has either of them kind of done anything to separate themselves from each other? Because I feel like very much so. Yeah, we asked. I mean, we asked this last week, and yeah. we got two Samsonov starts in a row that yeah. were not very good. Yeah. So, I guess the answer is still kind of the same. They've they've been very similar. I still like Matt Murray more than Samsonov. I think this past week is kind of further solidify what I said about Samsonov last week where he gets swimming a little bit too much. So, but then again, I mean, we have, we have to see Matt Murray back in. The uh, you, you know what the cop out answer is actually Matt Murray has played better. I think if you look at the numbers, he's probably had a higher degree of difficulty of opponent mm-hmm. well, starts. I mean, just quickly going off that the last five starts for Matt Murray was against Tampa Rangers, Calgary, Dallas, Tampa. And then for Samsonov, it was <laughs> Philadelphia, St. Louis, Washington, Anaheim, LA. Yeah. Right. It like, might be a coincidence. So not. But yeah. regardless, I think Matt Murray's played better overall, but at the same time, the fact that they didn't start Matt Murray this game, cause they're still trying to quote unquote manage him is very concerning to me. Still. I I've been saying it to everyone. I think the goalies are playing well, I think there's a 0% chance that Matt Murray can start 26, 25 to 26, whatever the number is, playoff games in two months. I don't, I don't even think the Leafs will let him try to do that. My hot take is I think they're going to start two goalies the first two games of the playoffs. I'm not that, I, like, it's crazy, and I hope they don't, but I think that's where this is headed. Uh, they just had a you Christmas got a point. break. You got a point. Samsonov played Thursday, correct? Yeah. They were off four days. It was Murray's turn. And they said, oh, we're going to give Samson the net again. Yep. No, you've, you've definitely got a point there. I mean, oi. yeah. It is never – well, actually, the Flyer. there's been one team that has started, like, multiple goalies and gotten to the Stanley Cup final, and that was the Flyers, and that was the ugliest ugliest goaltending performance I've seen make the, fl- the, the finals ever. I, mean, I but- hope he would be able to, to- – stretch through that i like has he come anywhere close to playing like seven games in 14 days which you would have to do in in the playoffs in the first round he started no he started 12 games in 90 days he started three games in the row for the first time like in years they said but that is definitely a thing of concern i will i'll give you that one for sure and it's something you have to keep monitoring because they Mm -hmm. They still are very, very much managing his workload. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's had a, he's had some up and down starts. I would say even In the past five starts here, like that Tampa Bay game wasn't very good. Dallas, he played out of his mind. 
Calgary, again, didn't play very well. New York didn't have much coming at him, but that one goal wasn't that great. And then against Tampa Bay, again, 19 shots against. Like, hasn't gotten too much. So, actually, to further your point, four-day break and his last two starts were a combined 38 shots against. Oh, man. Yeah, you don't. You got to take off the rose-colored glasses on this one. That's that's a tough – that's worrisome. It's not anything – it's not anything to be – to panic about, I would say right now, but it is definitely worrisome. The Leafs are monitoring it, so why wouldn't you? If it wasn't an issue, Matt Murray would have started tonight. Yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness. The more I think about that, the more concerned you get. But we'll I, see. Who I, knows? Maybe running two goalies is the, the formula Honestly, in the playoffs. Who after, knows? We've literally had so many losses. If they tried out a freaking, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I whatever. Just do it. Like let's just try. Play the game last year. He got into he got a into game. A game. He got <laughs> into a game. Yeah, that so was that was <laughs> that was also terrible. If you remember that. Yeah. But not to relive that again. But yeah. So the goaltending, I think there's gonna be small small regression coming. It it actually has already hit, I would say, based on the past like six games or so. Mm-hmm. But I think that the way that the Leafs are playing is going to be able to sustain it. I think their defensive has been very good. Yeah, Samsonov's down to like a nine, nineteen, nine twenty. I think after Doing tonight's quick game, maths, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Matt Murray's at a nine twenty-five, so down a little bit so far. I think it's coming down a little bit more, but hopefully they can steady the ship after that because they yeah. have not been very good over the past few starts since that Dallas game. Pretty much, they've both not been very good. So, who who knows? I have all the faith in the world in them. Not by uh, choice, but <laughs> um, all right. Let's get in. little top ten goals of the year. Um, what would you say? Not your number one, but your favorite goal. I told you. I think it should be on the list too. It's the two on one Marner Matthews against Tampa game five to win that game. That, that was, was like the best moment of the Leafs year. That was amazing. It was a great goal. After the Leafs gave up a goal on the other end, it was a great play to shoot it off the pad to Matthews. I think that's the best goal. I do. And that's my favorite goal. Jason? My favorite was the old man goal. I loved watching that. Ooh. It was just fun because it, it was, I think it was Giordano's first, like, first couple of games. Yeah. And it was just like a good introduction for him to Toronto. And it's a good memory to have of Spezza and Simmer, Simmer involved is always good too. Also, it's like an old man goal because of the age of the guys, but it was also the like the passing. A, yeah, like the when speed you, of the passing. When you were kids and you played against your parents yeah, and like yeah. <laughs> you, they would just pass the puck yeah, around you. You played men's league yeah. and they. Yeah. That is funny. Um, in terms of that game five goal, like, so you think it should be in the top ten high? Hundred percent. Well, Where, what do I care about Engvall's dusty toe drag and then backhand? And uh, then backhand that shouldn't go in on an NHL goalie. Like, went in on a very good NHL goalie. I know. I'm just saying though. Like, so where does it rank? Somewhere in the top ten. <laughs> I I don't know. I I like that goal. Closer People may to, disagree, but. If closer you understand, or closer to if five. you understand like what's going on, and you realize that he actually tried to pass it when he shot it, and Matthew's like quick ability to put it in the net, I think it's a nice goal. I do. Hmm. Oh man, so we're in a predicament here. No, we're not. It's not going in the top ten. We already put it in the vibes goals. But I'm just saying. That's... Okay. I mean, I we can change it. No, There's no. no... We don't need to change it. Let's All keep right. Angval's dusty toe drag in there. Give him okay. some. <laughs> give him some credit. 
All right. What about that game? Six? So, I, I mean, the game six third goal. Any emotion or sentiment to that one? Yeah, I just don't want to talk about it. No. Because, like, th- what happened after was a five-on-three in the playoffs. Like, on two. Well, I mean, we got to celebrate for a full intermission. I wasn't even celebrating. I think most people were just yeah, I was nervous. stressed. I was nervous. Yeah. So that game just brings – that goal just brings yeah. back stressful memories. Yeah. It was a glimmer of hope for five seconds, and then honestly, uh, brutal. Oh, that's true. Okay, but I think I I don't know about you guys. I voted Tavares' goal against the Flyers this year as the best goal of, of twenty twenty two. I had that as well. It was a sick goal, Jason. Yeah, I had that as well. I think he just clears them. Um, I did get one. I asked someone, um, for their list, and they did not have that one is they had Marner versus Florida. If you remember that goal against Bobrovsky, that's a great goal. That was a fantastic one. The, so the TSN came out with their top 50 plays of the year. The only other Leafs goal that was in there was Mitch Marner's diving assist. Yeah. That's a to great Michael assist. Bunting. I had that I as number that two. That was, that was number two. Well, the whole yeah. play. Cause it starts with math. Like they steal a puck to Matthews back to Marner to the middle. Like he was a really was skate goal. to stick for Marner. And then he gets put into the air and then throws it to Bunting. That one was, that that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Matthews versus Dallas, that overtime goal That's where he just goes. Just, Nylander got an assist just by leaving the puck there for him yeah. and going to the bench. Like he got an, a primary assist from the bench there. That one was crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Marner had one versus Vegas. I thought that was from this year. From this year, yeah, that, that was, was a really nice one. Really, really nice goal there. Um, and then the. What about the the tenth goal? I wanted to put it in the vibes, but I'm like, this is a very nice goal. It needs to go in the list. The tenth goal in the Detroit game. Yeah, I had that in the in my list. That's, yeah, it needs to be. I thought it was goal. disgusting. Yeah. It, even though it's happened like three times this year, I Bunting thought that the was... one passing it makes it like cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. if you listen to the Detroit Red Wings call that goal, they're like, they're, oh no. Yeah, but <laughs> one of the color commentary doesn't realize. He goes, oh. Like he's about to say that he missed the puck, and then he sees him score. And then the the player plays like another goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that game, oh my! Insane. In terms of moments, like that game was in in twenty twenty two. Oh my god! You want to talk about like the moment where the goal the goalie was <laughs> goaltending was lit on fire? That was the game where it was officially like, oh my god, what the heck are we gonna do? What about Detroit's goaltending? Yeah, lit but on they fire. knew they sucked. Yeah, yeah, they were out of it, but. To shuffle your goaltenders like that in one game, oh my god, that was! And they were up seven two in that one. Yeah, that was crazy. Holy! <laughs> it was fun going through all the goals this year, but just getting to like that Tampa series, it was like, oh man. <laughs> Mitch Marner also in the first game, he had a sick goal that he like dangled. It was kind of nice. I mean, Vasilevsky just wasn't in the net. Yeah, though. I don't. Like, but was, why wasn't he in the net? He was screened. Oh. So he was screened and then he just wasn't in the net. Not Marner, from the fake shot. Marner threw it like a, a kind of a bad shot on net and it like almost trickled in and Vasilevsky was still. Right, isn't the that the game two one? I, I think it, I think it could be thinking of a different goal. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I thought I was. What was the first? What also, was the, another vibes goal. Sorry to keep jumping back and forth. It would yeah. be the Nylander goal. Which one? To make it three two from game five as well. Or he just that was rips a, it by Vasilevsky. But then, like, but then they scored, right and then we had to we had to do it all over again. Yeah. I feel that was a really nice shot, and it was a really fun goal to watch. However, you know, we did have to 
we did have to put through forth a valiant effort in order to be able to, you know, think that we were going to do something in the frickin' playoffs, right? Yeah. So, um, the Marner goal against You don't Tampa. think he dekes Vasilevsky right out of the net here? This is bad radio, but. He lost it in the screen. I think, he, I think he bites on the shot. He 100%. Look, he sees right there. You can see his head poking through. And as soon as he does the fake shot, he goes that way and then scores. It's a great goal. It's a great goal. Okay. Some little disagreement there. but Maybe. I thought. That's okay. a, it's not a top. I'm just saying that was a good goal, too, I thought. Okay. Was yeah. there a save? That was also to break the five-on-five five slump. He hadn't scored in, in the playoffs in like yeah, 100 five-on-five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. yeah. Was, that, was there a save of the year that you liked at all? Jack Campbell against Colorado, I think. Was that – you remember that Colorado game that they blew in oh, Colorado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, to me, was the save of the year. Uh, what about uh, Matt Murray blocker save from this year? What oh, game was that? Against uh, the the Devils. Yes. That was a very nice one. That was I nice still one. think Jack Campbell yeah, okay, okay, had save of the year there. Uh, I, I can't think of any other ones, really. No, I don't have any. Anyways, that was a terrible ra- radio segment, but just kind of fun to – Check out, about. check out our Twitter if you want to see. Mm. Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. See those uh, videos. Exactly. Uh, let's get into some World Juniors, shall we? Mm-hmm. So which game do you want? Which? How do you want to start it? I mean, there's only one place you could start. Team Canada dropping their first game on home ice. 5-2. Wait, ever? No, they've lost on home ice. They haven't lost on it's home ice in the first game in a long time. You're right. In a long time. And to boot, it was in front of the ever-so-passionate fans. Halifax? Yeah. Halifax. Halifax. That's got to sting. You, you, you have the smaller barns that you're playing in. It's cool. That's, lots of energy, yeah. lots of noise, and you drop a stinker like that. Just a vibe sucker. Like that 5-2 to Czechia, where you just kind of got you kind of got outmatched, out. No, I don't want to say like outworked kind of thing, but they were they they played the chess match better than you kind of thing, right? They they baited you into taking outside shots. They blocked a lot. They clogged the lanes. They hit. They were, I mean, Canada took way too many penalties in this one. They they just played the game better than they did. Yeah, I think there's a lot that went into it. I think the goaltending from Canada is a huge issue. It's a huge issue. I understand Goudreau is a prospect. I think we talked about it before the season. I was like, are they really starting a guy with an 860? What is the save percentage? 868. Save percentage in the World Juniors. And yes, but he was a third-round pick, I believe. Yes. I believe that probably carries a little bit of clout. He played in the World He played in the world Champion. Or sorry, the under-18s. He won gold in, at the other under-18s. Hockey Canada really likes him. I mean, I mean, other than the under 18s, if I'm going to be honest, I don't want to rip on the kid. His stats are horrid. Every other yeah. play under 17 challenge, 787 Sarnia, 891 last year, 868 this year. Like, I think that's a huge mistake that they took this kid. No offense. Like, I don't know how they did. Like, I think recent yeah. form should play a lot into who you're picking, especially for goalies. Like, yeah. And when I say recent, I just mean, like, how are they playing this year? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how much I want to, like, bag. Because like, it's the World Juniors. They're 20 years old. You kind of want to 
Well, I'm not bagging on him. Point. I'm bagging on the management that picked him. Yeah, I I don't know who else was at camp and what were the other options were, but numbers wise, just looking at Ben Gudra, I, like the numbers are not there. Yeah, and I think he all. would tell you he didn't play very well. But oh no! On top of that, I think they really, really a lot of individual play mm-hmm. on offense, not a lot of team play. The only guy who was setting guys up was Connor Bedard. And unfortunately, the guys who he was setting up were just absolutely fumbling every opportunity possible. Um, yep. I think it makes it easy when you go up 5-2 to just kind of collapse and play defense and keep you to the outside because they'll yeah. let you cycle all day and take outside shots. And on top of that, Team Canada took like five bad penalties, yeah. including a five-minute major. And they, like those are all the ingredients for an upset, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, when you go down and then you're trying to – rally a big comeback and you just take penalty after penalty after penalty like i don't know what the hell you expect there but that's why it's not all on the goalies as well like no the penalties were bad the four like the puck managed by the forward was not good no the disgusting lacrosse plays were just sickening oh my god 24 hours of that on tv i don't know how they like i'll get into that in a second but how many goals do you think allowed by team Canada were bad goals would you say uh, let me try to remember. Like there was one where he made a nice save off the, the rebound. The I think two, that was just a terrible defensive miscue. The last two he let in were terrible. Like, the shots, brutal. Yeah, the blocker shots, brutal. Not good. Over challenged, lost his net, wasn't square at all in the first one. The second one just, just cheated, and gave that whole blocker side allowed it to go right through his arm. But I mean, thank God for Fantilli and Bedard doing those lacrosse moves because now, now a lot more people are talking about that as opposed to five goals on what 15 shots or whatever yeah, yeah tough break i mean there was one the pass across he lost it through the screen and then it was just an open net like there were some i, I don't even like would that be his fault kind of you just you, you lost the puck through a screen i mean yeah i don't know i so, i i would like, if you want to talk quick lineup changes, I would play Bedard at center. Mm-hmm. And I would have right on another line, and I would have Stan Coat. I would have three more balanced lines, if, if you ask me. Yeah, they were not. There was no depth. No. Who else had scoring chances outside of Connor Bedard's line? Yeah, no, there was not many. There was nothing, I feel like. And, I mean, they gave Shane Wright the player of the game. How much did he really touch the puck? Not much. Not at all. He had a tip goal, too. Yeah. So he was barely touching the puck on that one as well. Yeah. So Millich comes in, or I think that's his name. Yep. Millich comes in in net for Team Canada. He made a couple of nice saves um, in re- coming in relief for Ben Goudreau. So that was nice to see. Um, but yeah, I, I Bob McKenzie did say lineup changes are coming. I think for sure, 100, you got to take Brendan Othman off the power play, yeah. off the first power play. That was... He he couldn't convert. Not having Logan Stankoven on your first power play is something. It's insane. He has two points a game in the WHL. Does he not? Well, yes, but not only that. He had 10 points in seven games in the Summer World Juniors. Like, what are we doing? I mean, yeah, he's a right-handed shot. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what they were doing with that Brendan Othman idea there. Like, he, he missed several open opportunities like you, yeah. you convert on those those different game they were easy you were wide open, open net like one was a wide open you net were wide open too you had no pressure around you and he missed them too i mean i hate to bag on the kid but like 
Like also, also not just bagging on him. Why is the coach putting him there? Yeah, it's weird. He's just like first line. So first now you're really gonna get to see what you have in this coach because who's the coach? He's the coach of Everett. I can't remember his name, but because you you came out with a full on stinker and you benched one of your better offensive players in the third period because you didn't like the defensive miscue and the penalty that they took. So now I, I you think... really need to rally the crew because Germany held Sweden to a one nothing game today. Yeah. That's a tra- it's a full on trap game. This is not a points game, this is not a pad the stats game. This is a trap game. I, I think if they continue with like the demotion of Adam Fantilli, that's a huge mistake. Because I think if you take him out of your top six, that there's nobody with the same offensive upside that you can no. replace him with. None. And it was his first game in the World Juniors. He didn't play great. I agree. But you, I would go right back to him. Like, the guy is ripping it up in the, in college hockey this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a top two pick. I understand it's hard to rely on draft eligibles. But if he's not playing well, you're probably not going to win. So you better continue to put him in a situation where he plays well. So let's see what happens. I put him with Shane Wright, honestly. Make Shane Wright the center in that line. Give Logan Stankoven his own line. Give Connor Bedard their own line and go. Mm-hmm. More depth, more balanced, and then see what happens. Yeah. What about um, power play? Olin Zellweger going over Brant Clark. Brant I don't Clark. get that either. I think Olin Zellweger. He's a good defenseman. He I, he's a very good defenseman. He also plays for the coach in mm-hmm. the Western Hockey League. Brant Clark's. I don't want to say already a legitimate NHL defenseman, but he played in the NHL this year. Like he's a pro already. Mm-hmm. I he would be the guy I would have on the power play. Yeah. I. I I agree there. I think I, I think it's I, I'm at the point I, I like Zellweger's a very good offensive defenseman, very good power play defenseman where I'm kind of at a coin flip between the two. I don't think like, that's why they stunk, no. but I, I wouldn't mind leaving him necessarily. He was the power play quarterback over the summer as well. Yeah. Um but also you had Mason McTavish just putting everything in in front of the net. Who you don't have this year. You don't you do not you kind of have felt that. It. Yeah, you don't really have that net front guy. No, you don't. That's a big thing there, especially when you're playing a team like Czech where it's you have to really grind to get the puck into those good areas. A, you have to convert because Shane Wright also did miss a very good opportunity in the middle. They worked it, um, nice little tic-tac-toe play, get it to them in the middle, and he missed the whole net. But when you have that net front guy that can battle and clear a path or make those tips in front of, like, closer in tips it just makes the offense that much easier and you're able to, okay, the, the passing plays and the cycling isn't working. We're able to just crash the net. Like, who do you really have for that? I don't know. Like Colton doc is pretty big, but he's, I don't think he's that guy pal. No, I think they're looking at Brent, Brennan Othman to be that guy. And I'm not sure how that worked out in the first game. It didn't it just straight up. Didn't <laughs> like he first. got the looks, but that's because he was just standing there. Like, let me stand there. I'll get the looks. I think they are going to bounce back, though. Like, too much talent on the team. Just got to, again, just get the boys going again. Germany's not going to be an easy game. If they come in thinking it's going to be an easy game, they're going to be in trouble. And that Sweden game is a 50-50. Like, Sweden looks really good to me. Their top six can rival Canada's top six skill-wise. I know that sounds shocking, but they can. Like, just telling you, they can. Mm-hmm. So, watch out. And their goalies have let in zero goals through two games. So. It's been solid. Uh, what's his name again? 
Soder, not Soderblom. Again, they played Germany and Austria, which is slightly different. But mm-hmm. the other story of the tournament is Czech Republic. Oh, After baby. beating Canada, just absolutely dominated Austria 9 nothing. So that yeah. might be a really good team. Austria kind of looks like the relegation yeah. team. But it's kind of funny because nobody else is getting blown out. No. <laughs> so. The other group is very has been relatively tight. Even Latvia. like Yeah. Overtime lost today. Um, Finland lost to Switzerland. Switzerland has two wins. Like the United States was tied two, two with with Latvia Latvia in the second period. Like it's been close. So yeah, but we've seen some upsets. Like it's been a great tournament so far. Like, because usually around this point, like you get the, those beat those columnists that you hate going shrink the tournament size. This is a joke. You shouldn't be hitting double digits in these tournaments. Okay, well, now Latvia is giving teams run for uh, runs for their money. Switzerland upset Finland. Like how Switzerland's are, winning two games. Switzerland won two games. Like it's been a great and very competitive tournament so far. A lot of fun to watch despite a 5-2 loss for your country in the first game. Yeah, but I, I really think Canada's biggest competition so far that I've seen is Sweden, though. And they're in their division, yeah. which kind of good because then the quarters you don't you're not going to draw they Sweden. Might though, depending on where they they land. I thought they do cross division, but Czech Republic could be ahead of them. Oh, that's tough. If you if you beat Germany, Austria, but then lose mm-hmm. to Sweden, even in overtime, there's a chance that yeah, Czech Republic so could you, be ranked ahead of you. One other thing, you got a good look at. USA. I yes, I got a good look at USA. Some thoughts on them? Um they are okay. They it was not an impressive performance. They have a kind of surprisingly a very small defensive core which Listen to these heights. Sean Barron's 5'10", Ryan Chesley 6 foot exactly, Luke Hughes, the giant on the team 6'2", 183. Lane Hudson, 5'8". Luke Middlestad, 5'11". That's generous. I thought he was 5'9". Jack Pert, 5'11". Ryan Ufko, 5'11". You have one defenseman taller than six foot. And I would say he He's is thin. not. He Real like, thin, too. If you've seen Noah Dobson play, that's what he looks like. like yeah. I think that's a good comp for Luke Hughes, actually. So if you're Noah able Dobson. to get, like, your... I don't know, like, your big guys in front of the net, you're, you might be able to dominate them. Yeah, I, I like their forward group, though. I think they should have taken Ty Voigt. I'm surprised they didn't because from what I see, they have a lot of guys who are probably better as cyclers, mm-hmm. better in-zone players instead of transition players. Like, I think they could have used another transition player. Like, look at these names. Like, you got Lucius. You got Snuggerud, Boucher, Cutter Gauthier, Rutger McGordy. These guys are all better as in-zone forwards mm-hmm. in terms of, instead of transition forwards. Yeah. So I think you had a really good spot there for Ty Voigt, and I'm surprised that they didn't pick him. Logan Cooley looks really good. He's a lot more physical than I thought. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's gonna be yeah. he's gonna be really good. I I'm mean, watching if you want to do a blind reaction to one world junior game of Logan Cooley versus one world junior game of Shane Wright, you wouldn't be surprised that Logan Cooley got picked ahead of him. Wow. Which a lot of people were at the draft, I think. Yeah. That hadn't watched him before. They were, yeah. I would say so. so. I, I wouldn't judge either player by that. I'm just saying if you wanted to look at either one. Yeah. Ooh. I still think Shane Wright's a better player. I think still think Shane Wright <laughs> should have gone first overall. But I'm just saying, like, I think Logan Cooley has a lot of game. I I will see about that decor though. That's it that's interesting. I don't, yeah, I don't I'm not sure 
Yeah, that, that I don't know what their strategy was there. Like because I don't know, maybe it's well because they're all offensive defensemen. I would say, right? Yeah, pretty so. much. And com- the reason I'm saying in terms like the comparison in transition is because I'm comparing them to Canada's forwards, mm-hmm. but I'm also comparing them to Sweden's forwards. Mm-hmm. Sweden has a player who has zero points this tournament, and I've been blowing up our group chat about him. His name's Fabian Lysel. He's a 21st Boston overall pick. pick from Boston. He's a point of game in the AHL, basically. He is very, very good. You will see him. When Canada plays Sweden, you will notice him. Trust me. But they also have, I, like, the problem is the names for the Swedish guys. Philip Beistad. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. San Jose pick. Good player. Isaac Ross. Ro, it's not Rosen. It's Rosayan. Ro, yeah, something like that. It's, I, it's not Rosen. Another first-round pick in their top six. Um, you have the... Liam Ogren and Noah Ostlund duo who played together for oh, what's what was the team? G, uh, what's it called? Jure Gardens in the Swedish yes. second league. They and then you Don't also they have play with the goalie. Also have Jonathan Lekermaki who is also on that team who's in their bottom six. These are all names people are like. Who are these guys? Yeah. These are all first round picks that Sweden has in their top six. One of them's not even in their top six, not including Leo Carlson who is going to be mm. the pick either. After Bedard or after Fantilli in the upcoming NHL draft. Not including, this is also not including Simon Robertson, mm-hmm. who's their, who's another good player who's picked by, uh, by St. Louis, who's put up points. Like they have a lot of players and they look really impressive to me. So I think that's going to be a big, big test for Canada. So the one nothing game against Sweden or Germany today, what would you chalk that I, up to? I did tell you, I do think they might lack a little bit of like finishing and shoot uh, top end shooting talent. Mm-hmm. That is the one slight hole in their game. That's kind of what I saw. I also think they got a little uh, conservative in the third period. Uh, what, what were you going to say? Unlucky. A little bit as well. Well, Germany's goalie played well, but I thought yeah. they sat back a little bit in the third period as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really good team. So yeah, very competitive tournament this year. Yeah, it so is. a lot of fun to watch and, not just watch Team Canada, but watch every single game. The one team that wasn't impressive, if you want to say, has been Finland for me. They, they beat they, Slovakia today. Their D really struggled to move the puck up the ice, and that's been a Ooh. huge issue for them so far. Okay. I haven't gotten a chance to watch or pay attention too much to Finland, so I guess that's the next order of business. But, yeah. Any other closing thoughts you got, uh the other one is you'll notice this guy, Milton Oscarson for Sweden. Mm-hmm. He's like their shutdown center. He's like six six, six huh. seven. He's massive. Number twenty five. You'll notice him. All right. It's a it's a good team, I'm telling you. When does Canada place I believe Sweden? on New Year's Eve. Oh. All right. We need some need a big bounce back performance starting with Germany. That was yeah, a lot man. of talking. Jason, can you get in there with the Yeah. Any I thoughts? I have nothing to say about the World Juniors. What was the team Canada game? I didn't watch enough of it to... Any thoughts on the Michigan moves? Like, whatever. They're good scoring chances. Who ban cares? the Michigan. Who cares? Ban the Michigan. It's like, it's like when... People were saying ban the Michigan. No, nah, it's like when people were... It's like when players would... When goalies were wearing terrible equipment and crappy equipment, it was easy to score a wraparound goal. It's become much harder now. It's like just the evolution of a wraparound. It's also, like... Goal. It's on... The, the Michigan would be on your backhand. It is much harder to do a wraparound on your backhand. Right? Yeah. Think about it. When you pick the puck up, it would be the equivalent of doing a wraparound yeah. on your backhand. Yeah. It's also much harder for the goalie to seal off the top of the net. Correct. Yeah. Which Bedard got it up there and 
the goalie just made a fantastic so did save. Fant- Fantilli's. Fantilli the, got through. The defenseman hit. I think he was oh, going to score that. If the also, the, ol- hit a stick, he was the only way it. to defend it is risking a slashing penalty. Like I'm not like if you miss like if you not if you like if you hit their stick you're fine but if you miss and like hit a glove something like that I high stick to me saying ban the Michigan is like saying ban the alley oop in basketball ban fun no fun no fun I don't like I I just can't wrap my head around like, oh, these Michigans they they're they're doing the Michigans out there like that's like going to a I don't know like to me it's like almost going to a park and being like these children they're playing here. It's too loud. You got to ask them to stop. Also, for these old guys, like, yeah, I'm sorry. When you played, maybe that was hard. These guys can do this. In, I'm telling you, they're there's sleep. seven-year-olds who can do a mission. Yeah. There are. Like, it's not that hard. That's why. It's not like Adam Fantilli is coming around like, oh, my God, I got to really concentrate. He probably in half a second was like, oh, the top of the net's open. Flips Whoop. the puck on his stick and tries to put it there. That's <laughs> He literally scored that way. Of course he scored that way. Like, I- Ken Johnson scored that way 14 Canada last tournament five months ago. And no one said ban the Michigan when it went in. Exactly. They they won. That's why. Correct. Not like this time, but I don't know. Like some of the takes that came out, just the old talking heads after that game was ridiculous. Like I, I swear, Shane O'Brien said that I'm paraphrasing, but get back to Canada hockey, straight line hockey. What does that mean? That is the most purposeless, general, nonsensical thing I have ever heard in my life. That means literally nothing. Yeah, pucks on net. You outshot the Czechia, my apologies. You outshot them by a very wide margin. Maybe pucks on net is not the right strategy. You didn't get any good pucks on net. Maybe cycle the puck a little bit more. Maybe don't take 15 penalties. Maybe don't don't shoot from your ass against the boards. Maybe stop the puck. These were all simple things that I, I didn't see too, too much of from some of these guys. I, I, I don't know. Like, some of the takes just blow my mind every time. And then when they win the tournament, no one's going to remember this. No. No. Wasn't there a – oh, it was the year with Lafreniere and Barrett Hayton where people were like, Mark Hunter, Mark Hunter built such a terrible team. He's so bad. He's such a terrible GM. And then they won. And it was like, ah, whoop. Yeah. Whoop. Okay. <laughs> Usually when they lose, it's a lot of times it's hard to admit, but there's a lot of good teams out there lately. Like everyone's getting to, better. Everyone's getting better. Everyone's getting better. You can't say like, oh, the only reason can't, that's the other thing. Like we didn't do it either. Give some credit to Czechia. They played a very good game. Yeah. Give they're, some credit to Air Canada. They got David Yurichek. That player, David Yurichek, who went sixth overall. Is going to be a very, very good player for the Columbus Blue Jackets probably next season. You disagree? Okay, well, no. Columbus stinks. So, yeah, obviously. Just saying, like, oh, I I don't know. I haven't watched him enough this season. But he's putting up a ton of points. 20 points in 19 games in the AHL. He's a defense. 20 and 19. He's a defense. Yeah. 6'3", man. They they know how to pick their D out there. And he's, like, not even 19 years old yet. He's 18 years old. He turned... Yeah, he just turned 19. He turned 19 November 28th. Oh, okay. Still. November 20th. Okay. The thing is, again... A month ago. Like, but... Going into the draft, obviously not a lot of people were aware of him because Mm -hmm. he's... He played in the Czech League. Mm -hmm. Like... And he's Czech. Not a lot of guys do that. So... Understandable, but... If you watch them play, 
you would have seen a very I thought he was the best defenseman in the draft last year. Mm-hmm. He was not the first defenseman picked, but I thought he was the best one. We'll see. Who the other guy, the guy that picked? New Jersey picked is also a very good player. Who was that? Simon Nemec. Simon Nemec. Oh. He played in the didn't he play in the Slovak league? Played in the Slovak yep. league, yeah. He's on Slovakia. He's playing in the mm-hmm. HL, playing well as well. Wow. All right. Before Bedard. Anywho, um I think that closes before, off before everything. Before right, he meant. He meant before right. That's all right. Bedard hasn't been picked. No one's going Technically before, but before Bedard. Uh, that guy is as advertised, by the way. Oh, if you had any disgusting. doubt, still, he is ad- as advertised. He's disgusting. Just, uh, you know, when you feed open nets, you kind of need someone to finish. finish on them. So, and he scored. So, yeah. yeah. Anywho, thanks, everyone, for listening. Go Leafs, go.